Hello there, my name's Alex McKenzie, you're listening to Brennan Audio, and I'm very excited today. We have our first actual podcast guest, Jamie Sykes, local musician, drumming wizard, and all-around good creative. Hi Jamie, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi there. Oh, that's extremely kind of you. I love that introduction, and the term drumming wizard is entirely new to me, but um, I'm very appreciative of it. Um, I... My days currently, so I'm uh, a musician, as you mentioned. Uh, I make, well, my my job tends to be uh, performing just around the UK in a variety of different shows. Uh, As you mentioned, a lot of that's kind of jazz music, um, but I do little bits of session work for kind of like metal bands, folk artists, um, all kinds of people, really. Um, I do a lot of drum teaching as well. and yeah, my, my days tend to be spent either composing, uh, recording drums, performing or teaching drums. So lots of just hitting stuff with sticks, essentially. Which is why you're a better man than I. Last time I tried hitting things with sticks, I got kicked out the local dog park. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Right, to start this off, I've got to ask this initially, and I'm sorry if this is a bit off the cuff. <laughs> um, but I need to ask you, Jamie, we met, of course, when you were doing your nine-to-five job. Uh, you supported me through college. And then you basically, you left and said to anyone, everyone, I'm going to go and follow my dream, which was incredibly admirable, and I've still got a lot of respect for you for doing that do you have to be slightly mad (laughs) to make the leap from you know traditional nine to five work to your more creative field let's say how scary was that a jump for you well yeah um i think yeah definitely a little bit of madness helps when making decisions like that um but also i had um i had quite a a well, I, I loved my job. Like I, I was very fortunate in my job. And fortunately within that, I was always given the opportunity to um, do the drumming. So whilst I was working at the college, I was also um, running some after school sessions um, and uh, at various schools, um, which were all kind of like rock clubs and things like that. So that kind of gave me a real... Um, uh, uh, like just a real motivation towards it and and it kind of allowed me to see that that it was a possibility um and then simultaneously uh, like alongside the job i started doing a little bit of teaching from my home um and that was just to kind of like occupy my evenings a little bit um, and i was starting to build up a, a decent kind of student base with that i was attending a lot of jam nights mainly around leicester and nottingham um and yeah just kind of like dabbling in in all of the things that i wanted to be doing but on like a much smaller scale i guess um but that gave me that the the um the insight and motivation that that was that that, that was a possibility that that, that those things could offer potential like opportunities in future you were incredibly good at your job jamie and that's one of the reasons i wanted talk to you really um i can honestly say you're one of the first people to actually make you know 14 year old alex question his opinions and the way he thought about the world so i'm 
incredibly grateful for that. Oh, wow. That's really nice to hear. Unless unless your beliefs that you held previously were really good ones and I completely dissuaded you from them. But if that's not the case, then I'm really glad to hear that. I was actually a very Christian man before we met. <laughs> Going off what you've just said about being based in Leicester and Nottingham, how would you say that your area and where you operate has affected your musical um, output? I think I, yeah, as mentioned, like going to um, jam nights was like a really, really important um, aspect of things. It's like this, this community element where you get these, like you, you start to notice that there's other people who are very interested in the same things as you. And then the idea that with jam nights, obviously you're not playing pre-existing songs. It's all improvisational. So it's kind of, it was really cool to see that like you could get these moments of magic that appeared from just being in a room with loads of strangers with your instruments and just kind of like making something on the spot. Um, and then off the back of that, a lot of the music that I do now and a lot of the performances that I do are largely kind of like imp improvisational. Um, and I, I much prefer it. It's, it's really, really liberating. You kind of develop the language in practice and then when you actually come to meet with other musicians you can vocalize exactly the emotions that you want to convey and you can actually develop something that's that's really magical in the moment so i think like yeah surrounding yourself like putting yourself into the environments that you um that you really want to kind of like um yeah but just putting yourself into the situations that that motivate you and i think that, that even from what you're saying it's what you do as a journalist it's like you surround yourself by uh characters that are motivational or put yourself into different positions that give you that platform to kind of like further that as a thing um whether and that, that for anybody i think that's a really useful thing so just over five minutes in i think it'd be rude for me not to ask Possibly the most important question. How does one go from learning support assistant in a college to drumming wizard? What does your creative process look like, Jamie? Um, well, I've, I've always had, in honesty, um, drumming has always been a really useful outlet. And music in general has been a really useful outlet for me in the sense of like, I, well, I used to have... Um, really bad anxiety i still experience it occasionally but not as deeply as i used to and i find that um that drumming specifically it, it can occupy a certain part of my mind if if i catch like say low level anxiety at the right point um i find that kind of the complexity of some of the rudiments and the numerous ways that you can kind of think about them it actually provides quite a useful distraction and one that's not um, particularly, that, that doesn't have to be a, a very outwardly expressed thing. I can just tap on my legs and nobody will kind of notice. Um, so I found that my, I, I initially, I was kind of using it somewhat as like a coping mechanism. Um, and then that's kind of like, I it's become kind of like more, um, more of a practice now more of a meditation um, so I think it's just this this idea of just kind of like yeah being able to stick on one thing and repeat it with the knowledge that you are going to to get good at it 
it's like having that belief in yourself. So say, I know it's a very small scale version of it, but having it say there's a, a, a complex pattern that I kind of come up with, it, it's the knowledge that at some point, even if I'm absolutely terrible at it, 20, 30, 40, 50 times in a row, I know that at some point that is going to start to feel comfortable to me and that, that, that I can kind of develop that. Um, and, and I found that, yeah, that was kind of like one of my coping mechanisms. So it was kind of like a, it's always been, it's always been there. It's always been something that I've been kind of used to. Um, I guess the only thing that's different now um, to back then and like why I reached the level to where you can call me a drumming wizard, which is very, very kind of you, um, is just now I, I have a bit more freedom to practice that uh, on my own terms. So rather than utilising it purely as something kind of to just distract my mind, I can actually sit there and give myself a, a few hours each day and and use it as just like a nice a general kind of meditation something that's um that's actually it's actually got the space um for me to develop it in a in a more meaningful way and a way that's more directly applicable to to what I'm doing day to day well feel free to use the drumming wizard thing as marketing on your posters <laughs> now there's an idea <laughs> Sadly, it's the only thing I can really offer you at this point, Jamie. That's absolutely fantastic. That's that's all I needed. I've been looking for a new uh, a new nickname, so that was actually perfect. Jamie, if you could work with any musician, dead or alive, who would you work with, and what you're making? Oh, it's it's a it is a very difficult question um, because. I think I'd be I'd feel so intimidated with a, a lot of the of, of my heroes. Um, I find it really intimidating because everybody thinks of their their practices in very different ways. But yeah, trying to find somebody where you've got the the correct relationship and connection with um, is quite a tough one. Um, there's an artist who's a, a drummer that I really love called Name Rakuna. I think she's from Madrid. Um, and she's a phenomenal drummer. Her insight into music is just, it's so far beyond my current comprehension, but it's something that, that I feel really drawn towards. Um, so that, I think that would be my go-to. There's also a, um, a composer, I'm going to say his name wrong, because I think it's Tigran. I think his last name is like Hamayasin. He's this phenomenal uh, pianist and composer um, that takes influences from so many different places. And so you've got this music that has got kind of like, um, you'll you'll have like a, a tabla section followed by like heavy metal guitar, followed by like two drummers performing at the same time, going back to it, all within the same song. It's like this really expansive way of, composing music so talk to me about major ruse your jazz collective can we call it a jazz collective yeah major ruse it's a quartet featuring myself marcus joseph on saxophone joe egan on guitar and jack benjamin on the bass um and it's a it's kind of like taking an approach to jazz where it's fusing it with quite a lot of like punk ideas um we're all into kind of uh like exploring different time signatures and creativity through that 
Um, so yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a bizarre one. We all have our own um, solo projects that are, are very different from one another, and so when it all comes together, it tends to be this kind of like mishmash. Some for some reason it works really well. I I think it works really nicely, um, and I think we all push each other quite a lot because all of us really. Um, care about and enjoy our, our own instruments. Um, so we're always kind of like hitting each other with different practices and things like that. Um, and we've had a really good few years. We've, uh, we got to play Love Supreme Festival. We got to play Ronnie Scott's and Jazz Cafe in London. Uh, we Out Here Festival. Um, and we're currently uh, in the latter stages of the album. We've finished all of our recording. It's going to be uh, mixed at JT Saw by the incredible Phil Booth. Um, and I just can't wait to to put the, the debut album out, to be honest. I think it's, a, it's one of the most exciting projects I've been involved with. And it's just very nice to be in a band with people who I consider my close mates. So yeah, it's a really, really fun project. I think the cool thing about Major Ruse, from my perspective, is if I was completely honest, I didn't really know what to think uh, due to the lack of lyrics when I first listened, but I've had it on the hi-fi for the past few days. And I can honestly say, Jamie, it's slightly addictive. You know, it grows and grows on you. Well, that's what we like to hear. Um, I think that, yeah, as you mentioned, like, there's no vocalist but i think marcus the way that he plays it's so vocal in and of itself the melodies that he creates are, are really um yeah he, he manages to to convey the same amount of emotion through sax like he, he can speak he can speak volumes without utilizing lyrics but i should mention on the upcoming album we have the good fortune of um featuring daisy godfrey who is if you've not heard any of her stuff um or your listeners haven't i would massively recommend listening to daisy godfrey absolutely beautiful uh, vocals and she is featuring on a song called make me stay which will be on the upcoming album so there will be something to uh, satisfy the needs of those who want want lyrical content i'm so excited to hear it you would not believe would you consider yourself creatively fulfilled? Um, I feel that I am. Uh, I feel massively privileged. It's taken uh, quite a long time to get to to a stage where I can actually spend most of my time creating or performing. Um, and I, I honestly did not think of it as a possibility in the slightest. Um, but I've yeah finally after after years of of trying and working really really hard at it i do feel um yeah i feel entirely creatively fulfilled i'll always want to make more and push into different areas and have the means to work with orchestras or choirs and bigger and bigger things things that often take a lot of money but within the uh realms of current possibility I feel that um, I have access to to lots of the things that that I would I'd want to have at this stage. So yeah, definitely feel creatively fulfilled. As someone that knows you and has known you for a very long time at this point, that makes me incredibly happy. And you being incredibly happy makes me happy. So we've got a whole bunch of happy on our hands. 
Having been on this incredible creative journey, what would you say to the people that are creatives themselves? You know, the artists, the radio producers like me, the musicians that want to take the step like you did into full-time creativity and take that important leap. Um, I would say, firstly, it's, it's possible. <laughs> As in, like, I know that a lot of people... Uh, are often dissuaded it's not something during your education that you're really told is an actual conceivable possibility the arts in, in many of their formats are considered to be a um something that you do on the side a hobby a pastime um but i think that doing things like immersing yourself in the spaces that you want to exist within whether that's on a voluntary basis or not um i think that surrounding yourself by people who share similar vision to you people who really care about what they do people who really have that want and desire to um to push forwards i i, I recognize that i am extremely privileged in my position i was brought up in an environment where i was able to get things like drum lessons and stuff like that and i know that that's not afforded to everyone um so i was i'm massively aware also being male being white these things have, have helped me being in in countless uh, positions and so i know that i'm i'm of a of a um, of a demographic that historically has more access to opportunities. Um, so I can only speak from my, uh, from my very limited experience. Um, but from that limited experience, as I say, um, immersing myself in, um, in music itself, going to all the jam nights and events that I can get to, speaking to all the people um, who are involved in that industry, speaking to other creators, speaking to musicians, and for me, the biggest one is practice, like just making sure that you can't be ignored, being being the best at the thing that you do. Not to say that I'm the best, not, not by a long stretch, but being so good at the thing that you do um, that it becomes impossible for people to ignore you. So when the, you do reach out to people and they see your body of work, they see the content that you're producing, they go, oh wow, okay, right. This this person is is really doing it. I'll always champion um, champion practice over anything. And the final thing is, I have to be a realist to to a degree because I know it sounds all all beautiful in theory. I was working a job that I well actually I did really enjoy my job. I was fortunate, but I've been even when I've been in jobs that I didn't particularly like, I've always been working alongside um until I got to a point where I could make that leap. So it was never a thing of um I know with certain musicians it's really glorified of like, oh yeah, I just decided to cover myself in tattoos so I'd never get a regular job again and that pushed me into be uh the best at this in the world. And it's just like I get that, but also for people who who are having uh who are having to say like support a family or like even support themselves in these kind of quite difficult financial times. Sometimes there's a, a, a lot of concessions, uh, sorry, a lot of, um, what's the word? You, you have to have some lenience towards the fact that you're going to have to work jobs that you're not particularly fond of. And, but as long as you don't allow that to completely retract from your passions and you go, right, if I'm having to do that, then in my free time, I'm going to 
enjoy jamming. I'm going to enjoy meeting other people who are doing the same practices as me. I'm going to put invest my free time into the stuff that I really care about until I get to a position where I can make that transition. Um, and that, that's just the way that I did it. I know other people will have different ways, but that's the way that I did it. Jamie, I can't stop smiling over what you've just said because what you've just touched on is what I'm currently going through, really. You know, I've left university with a first-class degree. I've had some amazing experiences doing my coverage on the radio, um, you know, with the Leicester Comedy Festival, my interview with Lewis Berry of Easy Life, and talking to you today. But finding actual 9-to-5 work is difficult, whether it's just because of the job market at the moment or because I'm trying to find work with a disability. I don't know. But I'm just at the point where I'm thinking, if I keep creating, if I keep going, this has to work. It's got to. There is no other option for me at the moment, it seems. As I continue to chase either 9 to 5 work or any opportunities I can get through, you know, continuing honing my broadcast skills. Yeah. And how do you feel? Do you feel, do you still have that motivation and drive towards it? Do you recognize that you are going to, like I have no doubts in my mind, even from this this short interview, like with your wit and like the, the fact that you just have these one-liners just instantly, a, a speed that I couldn't even possibly imagine. And you ask these really nice, insightful questions. It's like, do you recognize that you are good at what you do? And, and do you have that motivation to kind of keep on moving forwards with it? I've certainly got the drive, mainly because I still think I've got something to prove, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, within media, I don't think disabled people are represented properly. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still having arguments with people in the disabled community that say just because someone fabulous like Rose Aiding Ellis on EastEnders has a part in EastEnders, that means we're done. And I want to be the first radio producer um, on a big broadcaster with a disability. I want to show people that it can be done regardless of, you know, boxes that we get put in. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future, and I don't think we're anyway done, just because of the little bit of sort of recon- rec- uh, recognition we have got. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, it's I, I think you the uh, that is that um, motivation is in solid hands with you. I think that having known you for years now um even if we've not been able to even if we've not spoken much over the past few years it's like i i recognize that in you from like a very young age and it is it's great to hear because i think that i yeah i would feel very very secure in those ideals moving forwards you've always been a very motivated confident um, incredible individual and I think that, that this kind of uh, you doing this kind of thing just shows that you are you are yeah far more than your disability this um, I think that you are 
you're made for this stuff. You're ex- incredibly good at this. So I definitely, definitely uh, say keep on pursuing it for sure. Oh, mate, I really appreciate those kind words. And I've really appreciated this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Where can people find you? And have you got any parting words for my listeners? Uh, my parting words to your listeners would just be sending out love to each and every one of you. Um, thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you keep on tuning into uh, Alex's show because, as you can hear, he's absolutely great. Um, and with regards to kind of where to find me, I'm on all of the usual suspects with regards to social media. Um, I've got my solo material um, on uh, Instagram, which is at Ilketar. Ilketar is I-L-K-E-T-A. Um, I've got Major Ruse, um, which is at Major Ruse on Instagram. Stuff is available for both of those projects on uh, Spotify, on YouTube, and various other platforms. Um, and yeah, if if you dig the stuff, feel free to drop me a message. It's always always nice to chat to people. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's my that's my parting parting words. Thank you so much, Jamie. This has been great. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to a Brennan audio production.